Thank you to Manscaped for being a supporter of co-op mode. Go to manscaped.com for all your grooming needs. Use code SFU and save 20% off and get free worldwide shipping. Now on with the show. Welcome to Co-op Mode, round 100. This is the official video game podcast of Secret Friends Unite. I am Todd Oxtra. I have candles behind me. I did not bake a cake, Mark, but you know what? I would have if we could have shared it together. But Mark, the Canardian Carabin. How you doing, bud? I'm great. A hundred episodes. This is amazing. This is, uh, I mean, it took a while to get here because it's a bi-weekly show and we've obviously, you know, we've had a couple of times it was off or whatever or started as a segment. So we're going to go through the history, but I'm incredibly excited to be here with you and talk games as always. Yeah, it's, it's, it's fun. I mean, we talked to Adam Leonard in last episode and he talked about like, I don't know how many years they're at and they're like not even at a hundred yet. So they say most podcasts, if they get past, I think episode 10, they, essentially will last. It just depends how long, you know, we can have our Beatles right. moment or something. The Yoko Ono moment. I don't know. It hasn't happened yet, but we'll see how it goes. But Mark, 100 years or 100 years, 100 episodes, not been that long. Might feel like 100 years. Um, we are doing something special. And that is we've created and Mark, actually, I asked Mark, say, hey, Mark, come up with a design for SFU controller to celebrate both SFU's 400 and co-op modes, 100. So it's the co-op mode is represented by the actual playing video games, which make Charlie really happy. And then it's the the co the colors of Secret Friends Unite and has SFU 400. So this is one of a kind, folks. I think you can trademark this, Mark. So no one else can repeat. Definitely, yeah. No, exactly. I uh, I got, yeah, the Xbox is going to delete the these colors and the mold. No one else can order uh, this combination. Phil Spencer personally goes to your house and slaps you if you try to design it. That's how That's right. exclusive this is. That's right. You get the Phil slap. Yeah. It's worth it, I assume. Oh, oh well. Um, and you know how you can win this wonderful controller? Um, you can go to our YouTube channel, subscribe, and then leave a comment on the video of your choice. You know, you can do the Manscaped ad we just put out there that Mark just did professionally, you know, with this testimonial. It's great. Uh, or you can go to any of our wonderful content, the Holocron Chronicles, the Holocronicles, Mark, it's going to happen uh, for all the Star Wars. You've got the Secret Friends Unite Prime. You've got co-op mode, of course, what you're listening to, and also Code 47 for all things Star Trek. Leave your comment, take a snapshot, and then DM us. Uh, the perfect way to do that is on at Secret Friends U on Twitter, and you'll be entered. We'll be announcing that on SFU number 400, and that'll be released November 11th, 2022. Exciting. There you go. 400 episodes. That is incredible. Like, you and Charlie have been friends for a long time, but that is, like... That's that's amazing, man. 400 episodes. That's and that was a show where we went weekly, bi-weekly. We have episodes we lost, and then we have uh, like s- a special episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was just, a, it's been a hoot, especially as you get older and your friends are farther apart. It's a great way to t- stay in touch. Also, it's one of the best ways to meet new people. 
And it's fantastic. It's been it's been a journey. And obviously, if we did not start SFU, we would not be doing this wonderful podcast together, Mark. True. Very true. Well, very good. So now we're going to actually get into the meat of what we do. And I would say probably my, my favorite thing about co-op mod, mode might be this segment. Because I think, ultimately, it's really my responses are just made to anger, Mark. <laughs> and this one's... This one's specifically made to to try to trigger me, and I made this one, so this is this is something. Okay, Mark, I'll let you take it away because it's yours. All right, okay. So I am very excited. I am getting the new Pokemon uh, Scarlet Violet OLED Switch, hopefully Friday for my birthday, uh, which will be a great birthday present. The Best Buy still says delivered as early as November 4th. My faith in that is uh, minuscule. I'm expecting it sometime next week because it still hasn't shipped. So it's Tuesday. Shipping in Canada can be pretty slow. I've dealt with Best Buy for pre-orders and stuff in the past. Usually things arrive like Monday, Tuesday, even Wednesday of the week after it says it could arrive. So I'm excited, but you know, expectations are real and I already have an OLED. So that one's going to my wife and we're going to sell her original switch. And, uh, and there we go. Everyone will be happy and with, and has, uh, you know, fairly new consoles. Uh, but because I'm excited for that one, I decided to see if I could get Todd excited for some Pokemon special edition consoles. And there have been a lot over the years from Game Boys to N64s, a million different Pokemon DSs, uh, and a few different switches already. We've had the Let's Go Eevee, Let's Go Pikachu with the two cute uh, Pokemon on the, on the dock. Uh, my brother has the Pokemon... Uh, I forget which, I forget which one. I think it's the brilliant diamond, uh, the, the, the Pokemon light, uh, or the oh, yeah. light. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's brilliant diamond and, and shining pearl. I think that's, uh, th- those two legendaries on the back. It's really, really nice. Um, or maybe he has the other one, the, uh, the sword and shield. I can't remember either way. It's a, it's a really nice design, but we've gotten a couple of, of, uh, switch lights and we're finally getting the, uh, the scarlet violet full OLED switch. So my three options for Todd, and if you're watching the video version, I'm going to throw some video, uh, some, some footage in here, some pictures of these designs, because uh, if you haven't seen these, they are spectacular. The first one is the Pikachu N64. This sucker has a Pokeball for the, the on-off switch, a full Pikachu just kind of embedded in the console, so much so that the... Like this is a full custom console. This isn't just a color swap. The entire cartridge entry point is shifted over to the left to accommodate this massive Pikachu in this thing. <laughs> like this is a fully redesigned N64 to accommodate for this Pikachu. This is this is next level. The controller uh, has Pokemon written on it. It came with the uh, the game where you could talk to Pikachu. I think that was just called. Pikachu wasn't, it? And, and it came with. Uh, hey, you Pikachu! Pikachu. Um, 
came with the microphone. This this console had it all. This was this was a, a microphone. Look at that thing. Holy crap! <laughs> Before we speak came out, <laughs> this whole thing is just incredible. Uh, but I, I, this is, I think the only one of the only ones that really, really, literally broke the mold. Usually, it's a, a recolor or, or kind of reskin or whatever. This next one, the Pokeball 2DS XL, similar kind of thing because the faceplate has it, it, the whole thing is colored like a Pokeball, but it's actually raised up a little bit, so it's not mm-hmm. just. It's not just paint. This one's done a little bit extra as well. So full colored like a Pokeball. And the button uh, doesn't finally, do anything though, right? The button it doesn't, doesn't, it doesn't activate. Okay. Correct. Uh, and finally, I threw in the new Scarlet and Violet Switch because again, I'm excited about that one. Looks like it has stickers on the back like you would see because this whole thing's based around someone you're going to school. So this ah, looks okay. kind of like a school notebook or something like that. That's the whole deal with it. But I love the dock on this one has the two legendaries front and center, but even on the back of the dock, that little cutout for the cable management is actually a Pokeball, which is not in this picture, but I'll try to find one by the time I post the video up. Uh, So this one's really cool. And because it's episode 100, I'm going to throw in a bonus option. You broke the game, Mark. I know. I know. You (laughs) You can choose... Uh, so you can choose to swap this in for an option. You can choose to like get this with another option. You can choose whatever you want, or just say that like you really like this one. Uh, but the the Hori Switch Split Pad Pros with Pikachu on them. Um, so if you would rather swap that in, maybe for the the new Switch and just keep your current Switch. Um, I'll, I'll let you do that. But I, I did enjoy that while I was just looking for pictures. I saw this and I was like, you know what Todd loves is his different, uh, chunkiness level joy cons. Oh yeah. Oh so yeah. I threw that in just for you, bud. Um, I am very, there, <laughs> as evidenced in the video version of Todd holding up his switch with massive joy cons. Uh, Todd, how are you feeling about these? You buy renting, returning any single one of these? Well, Mark. The value of a custom, you know, system, whatever you want to call it, is is it's essentially a couple of things. Obviously, aesthetic. Um, does it do something cool? Like the I think of the Star Wars three hundred and sixty, which made all the sounds and everything like right. that. Um, and sometimes they do it well. Sometimes they do it badly. Um, and sometimes it's just a cash in. And sometimes they don't even come with the game. And I think maybe excluding only the Pokemon, the the Pikachu one. All the rest do not come with the game, do they? Correct. Man, man, talk about cheap. Um, and they sometimes charge you more without even anything. It's just the, it's because they can. They're, they're custom. Very cool. Yeah. Um, so I will do this. So I'm going to go the buy. It's got to be the Pikachu and 64 set because that thing is a mutant. I mean, with all the things you get with it, and I don't even know, it looks like you can push Pikachu's feet. I don't know what that does. What do those buttons do? I can't remember. Uh, the the left foot is restarting the console. I don't think you can push the right foot. Okay. But the so left it's a lie. One, uh, the left one would restart. That's uh, So the Pokeball is the power button, and the left one's the restart switch. Got it. And this is, look, was this Toys R Us exclusive? Is that what it says in the corner? I don't know. Because that so. means, you know, though that makes it even more of a big deal if it was a retailer exclusive. 
or maybe a part of it is a retailer exclusive. Like mm-hmm. they included the game where they maybe didn't include the game. If you, buy it. I don't know. Very, very cool. I just, it's just the novelty of it. I love it. It's chunky. Like you said, unique. So I have no affinity for, and even the controller even, even has some branding. So that's mm-hmm. something you rarely saw with the N64. So, you know, now what I've loved this, it was like see-through and you saw like the guts of Pikachu. <laughs> I think they that's the missing love their moment. Translucent console. Yes, they did. The <laughs> it's like the, the human body, you know, you see all the bones and the organs. Mm-hmm. Missed opportunity, Mark. I'm sure they would have sold two. <laughs> one to me, <laughs> and then one to the person who's probably in jail. <laughs> um, then I'm going to return, unfortunately. Um, the the uh, the Nintendo Switch Split Pad Pro. Um, the reason I say return because I own those, but I have indeed returned mine because I went and got ones that actually added rumble and motion control. That's the big problem with these these hard ones. They'd be perfect if they had those two features. Um, without that, they're essentially just um, they're they're great for just handheld gaming, but they do lack some features that might be essential for certain games. I I don't think you can play Splatoon with those bad boys. Uh, yeah, because I, I think there is some motion control built into the Switch itself, but I think that or maybe you can help. Yeah, so uh, you, you may be partially right. I'd love yeah. if, if anyone's tested that. I'd love to hear back. But I love these because then anybody can have a custom Switch, and you don't have to spend three hundred and sixty dollars just to have another Switch, which I, I always loved. Like the whole thing about the Switch with the, you know, the customizability, um, they rarely sell the Joy-Cons separately, especially if they're unique and special. They do the colors. So, um, but yeah, I love these. They're, they're great. But once again, I returned mine, so I've got to return them in real life. But the, I love what Hori's done. Um, a lot of the other, uh, um, was it A, Power A? I love, I think they do such a good job for being, uh, you know, just a generic uh, controller brand. They do though. So that would be my return. Um, and let's see. Wow. I'm going to, or sorry, that would be my, my re- rent. So my rent would be the Pokeball 2DS XL. So I went out of order. I'm, I'm, I'm ridiculous. I love the way it looks, but I was never a fan of the, the, the DS uh, just because of the control scheme or anything. But I like this one just because of, like you said, it, the aesthetics, the raised, and they did so many good jobs with the the d the i think it was a 2ds line when it was like even the zelda legend of zelda uh version that was a raised shield really beautiful love it so that's what i would do and mark i i just i just can't i just can't with the i mean i know you love it but it's that's why i skipped not for everyone not for everyone that's that's completely fair i get that uh for me i'm going to copy your buy of the Pikachu N64 set because I remember when this came out and like my family didn't have money to just buy another N64. We already owned one. Uh, So trying to convince like, no, we can like give that away or sell it or something. It was like, what are you crazy? No, this is not happening. And uh, I always loved that console though. And it just, it's so ridiculous. And it it literally just broke the mold. Like it is an obtuse N64. It's so weird. Uh, I love it. I'm going to rent the Scarlet and Violet Switch because I actually did buy that one. So, uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll say rent, I guess. Yeah, it might be a cop out on that one. Do you still have yeah. it? Uh, 
the the switch i don't i don't even have it yet no 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 they well no. sorry yeah yeah keep, no yeah. You, you so you did buy it so yeah yeah that's yeah yeah but i i did exclude buy it, it. I'll, I'll i'll name it no i'll name it the renting for this one okay uh, because there's always the possibility that some other kind of switch comes out and i sell this one mm. and get the next switch so so i'll put that as a rental and sadly return the pokeball 2d 2ds xl because there are so many amazing mm-hmm. options for the the, yeah. the 2ds that you miss this one and something else is going to come and take its place and uh i'm just going to give a special shout out to those hori split pad pros just because of exactly what you said like you can have a cool custom looking switch without having to go buy a whole new switch like i just did because i'm dumb and uh there we go <laughs> Love it. I love it. Yeah, so folks, let, let us know what you're thinking. Mark, did you know that they have, in Japan, they had a yellow uh, and orange similar version of the N64? No. Yes, Japan. It's got cool artwork. It doesn't have the, uh, but it's the same design, but it's just orange and yellow. Like Pikachu is still on it? Yeah, yeah. And it's the rest is orange. So they're like, yeah, it's so Japanese only. Yellow. No. So you would think if you look in the if you look in the link in the chat, you can go there. It's on eBay. Oh wow! Like yeah, orange, yellow, and looks like like the bottom might actually. Oh no, the bottom is yeah. It's it's a weird kind of like yellow, and the controller's yellow and orange. Wow, that is that is wacky. Because that 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 color scheme really screams fire type to me. Like I would Mm -hmm. expect, I would expect a Charmander to be on this one not a pikachu so it's really like it's throwing me off it looks so weird but maybe i'm just used to the blue and yellow american one that's so crazy yeah and i'm assuming that would be region locked so folks don't buy that if you want to play your n64 games unless they're from japan no no man that's that's really cool oh see they're they're yeah, like next to each other. Mark's like, that. why did shot? Why did Todd show me this? <laughs> uh, I'm just like now I'm going down an eBay rabbit hole. So let's move uh, on no. before I spend yes. more money that I don't have. Yes, weird things you can find in Japan. Hey, honey, we're going to Japan. It's probably cheaper to buy there than it is to buy it through our own currency. Oh well. Well, folks, let us know your choices. And if you agree or disagree, and if you actually owned one of these things, we'd love to hear you uh, tell us your stories about how you got it. Did you keep it? You know. Because a lot of times, you know, these have been out a couple of years or longer. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Maybe your mom threw them out or sold them at a garage sale. Oh, the, the N64, like that, when, so the N64, I think, was our last one that, like, when we got something new, our mom kind of started giving stuff away. So I still, I held on to a few of my N64 games, but there's stuff that's still kind of missing. All of my, like when we got the N64, my mom was just like, here are younger cousins, like take all the Super Nintendo games. When we got the Super Nintendo, my mom was like, yo, here, clear, we're clearing out the, the NES. And it, so nowadays I'm like, damn, I wish you didn't do that. <laughs> you know? it sucks man like my whole library i would have had a great library and it's it's just gone right and i don't know what my cousins did with it they have no idea i've i've asked like for a couple of games that were just like yeah do you know what happened to this super nintendo i like, oh, i have no idea like arrow the acrobat why would i hold on to that because like, well, i loved that please i get know it back. um 
Yeah, I'd be curious to have whatever happened to my mom did to my Atari 5200. It was a piece of trash, but still, <laughs> wonder what poor poor kid bought it off my mom or something. Or maybe I tried to pawn it. I don't know. And then my uh, Commodore 128. Whatever happened to that bad boy? I probably got to pile those those pirated discs my dad would get from his coworker. Copy a bunch of those floppies and. See what see what's on this game. I don't know. Oh, it might be an adult <laughs> game, an adult text message game, or whatever it is. Oh my gosh, the farmer's daughter. Mark was a game. Your young Todd. Yes, they, those were a thing. It was like basically just a text adventure game. Horrible. No art. An erotic adventure text through adventure text that uh, that opened some doors for Todd. Exactly. Yeah. Good times. Right. Well, Mark, we talked about this our hundredth episode. Well, this is get to know your co-op mode. So for folks who are new, they've never been there. We could probably should talk a little bit about how we came to be. So I think the best way to start is our common denominator for Mark and I is Bobby Pauls. Yeah. And I met Bobby Pauls through the Nintendo voice chat Facebook group when it was a very small Facebook group and it was the days of the Wii U and the 3DS. And it was kind of the bad days of Nintendo. <laughs> Not much was happening, but it was a lot of great time to just discuss, you know, the future of Nintendo, all these things. Some rivalries were formed and Bobby and I would go at each other and someone attacked me. And then Bobby came to my rescue and he says, Hey Todd, you know what? You're a good guy, man. You don't deserve these punks. So that's where it all started. And then I told Bobby, well, Hey Bobby, you know, uh, we do a podcast and I know you do YouTube. Would you want to come on our podcast? Cause you, and this is the day when Charlie would actually let me talk a little bit about video games. We had Bobby on you. We, I got to learn more about Bobby's love of DC and Bobby came a regular. So that was great. Just, it was just, it was always any time a DC movie would come on, he would come on the show and he and Charlie would argue yeah. and make fun of, you know, Marvel and DC. It was great. So um, at that point, we weren't talking a lot, of, a lot of video games. I did a video game podcast prior to this uh, that I was invited to be on. Uh, I was then told, you are no longer wanted. And then essentially 20 episodes later, they closed their doors because they didn't know what they wanted to do. They, they're like, well, you talk too much. I'm like, okay. <laughs> Uh, so it is what it was and then uh yeah exactly so then essentially i didn't get to talk about video games still had a passion for it so then that led to mark so mark how did you come into the equation uh yeah similar like we, we kind of met through bobby and some destiny clan if i i remember so not not destiny clan but some destiny group we were playing uh same kind of thing with uh, was it through Corey and Corey, i believe in that kind of that crew uh, met you around the same time as, as Corey. And uh, yeah, but I had known Bobby through the same group. Actually, we met through the NBC group as well. So I was doing the Warp Whistle podcast at that time, which was a great time to start a podcast when Nintendo's like at its worst. <laughs> so let's start a Nintendo exclusive podcast. My brother and I are brilliant for that one. Um, but it, it focused in this niche where I got to meet some really cool people and Bobby was doing the YouTube stuff, like you said. So I kind of messaged and said like, Hey man, we, we have a podcast. You have a YouTube video. If you ever want to do some collaboration stuff, let's, let's go. So, um, so I went on like his YouTube show and he came on the podcast and, and we just kind of kept collaborating from there. It was, it was kind of great. And, um, 
when I wanted to get into some video stuff, Bobby showed me the way. And when he wanted to get into podcasting, I kind of showed him some tricks and, and told him what we were doing. And we just kind of had this great friendship of like, that started through that kind of collaborative sharing kind of thing and like team geek and just, you know, mm-hmm. being friends from there. So, um, so that was, that was an awesome time, but, uh, got to know other podcasters and you and you and Charlie were, were included in that group. And, uh, yeah, like I said, my brother and I had the warp whistle podcast, some stuff happened with him and, uh, and he kind of left the show and I was, <laughs> I was like stuck floundering and we went a little bit of this in, uh, uh, we, the gamer cast, the last time I talked to Sean mm-hmm. about like this time of like make us better and all that kind of stuff. Uh, so if you want more, go check out that show. Um, but yeah, so basically I decided to kind of close down that show and was still kind of had the the podcasting bug and the equipment and stuff. And like, it's a fun hobby. I spent money on the equipment. I didn't really want to just stop cold Turkey. So I think I just did I message you or did you message me? I can't remember, but like who started Mark, it. Mark, you it slid me. right into my DMs. I slid into the DMs. I thought so. <laughs> yup. Uh, I, I really, I thought I did. Cause I, I had this idea of like, maybe there's a show that doesn't talk about video games that I could just talk for like 10 or 15 minutes max about what's going on and almost take like, Cause I was doing the warp whistle weeklies or warp whistle dailies or whatever, like the videos that I just talk for a minute. I was like, if I could do that like once a week and slide it into another show. Um, but then I knew you liked video games and Charlie didn't cause I listened to SFU. Uh, so I, you know, like you and I started talking it very quickly became like, no, let's get the two of us involved, but still kind of make it a segment. And that lasted for like what, something you, you you've got a thing there i know i saw you you've blacked it I, all out i can't i do anything. i've got some 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 quiz notes for you mark so okay. we'll right. keep going though yeah so we did do and now we're here i think we tried to do 15 10 15 minute segments on secret friendship night that was yeah. a that was a fool's errand at that point it right did not go well with the two of us <laughs> very quickly we barely did we, we barely get fit- the five episodes Okay, I'll tell you. So, yeah, okay. so we did start, we did segments. Um, and when did we debut our first episode of co-op mode on Secret Friendship Night, Mark? Do you know? Um, the date it debuted. January 2019. Don't know the specific date. I'm guessing somewhere near the middle. You debuted. If I had a, if I had a calendar, I'd probably okay. be able to like pinpoint it, but I don't. So just, just I'm guessing somewhere near the middle of January. Because it's... I know it was after the holidays. We talked about launching it in the new year. We didn't do it like right around that, like January 1st kind of time frame. We gave it a couple of weeks. So I'm going to guess in the frame of the, the 15th to the 20th. Okay, Mark. We debuted Co-op Mode on episode 199 of Secret oh, French Night. How crazy yeah. is that? How crazy is that? Um, January 19th, 19 or 2019. Very good, my friend. Uh, Okay. Let's, yeah. That was, that was all right. Okay. So how many episodes did we do as a segment of co-op mode on Secret Friends Unite? I don't even know. Like I just, I, I just said, I don't even know if we made it to five. Did we make it to five? 
I want to, I want to say we didn't even like. Every time I ask you this question, Mark, you're like, I think we only did two. <laughs> I know. And last time you said we did more than two. So I want to say like, I'm leaning like four or five. Cause last time you were like, no, we did more than two, but I know we didn't hit like double digits. So it's got it like four to five episodes. Okay. We did five episodes. Five. And I think, okay. cause I think it got to like 30 minutes long segment. Oh yeah. <laughs> and they're like, Charlie's like, Hey, Oxtra, it's getting too long. <laughs> so I said, Mark, Secret what do you know? It's a four hour show. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's actually Secret Friend United is only the first five minutes. <laughs> so I said, Mark, what do you want to do? You want to make this a thing? So we said, yes, yes. let's make it a thing. Yeah. Let's put a ring on it. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh my goodness. Um, yeah. I'm impressed by that. Honestly, like I, I, you've asked me that before and I, I did not know that answer. So that's, that's pretty good. Yeah. And the first episode six was our debut episode. And do you know when that debuted? Oh man. So it would, did we, okay. So five, five episodes, of a were we weekly? I'm just trying to like no. week count here. <laughs> no, we were not weekly. It wasn't. It was by Charlie wouldn't let me do it weekly. weekly. Okay, so January. I want to say maybe hitting April. Maybe you're warm. Yeah. Okay. I'll I'll lock it in and say early April. Okay, not sure what you determine where it's early, mid, or or late. So up to up to the tenth <laughs> would be early. I'll give myself okay. ten. I gave myself five days last time. I'm going ten days here. <laughs> ding 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 ding! And you just made it April tenth. April tenth, twenty nineteen. Okay. All right. Good job. That's, Good job, my friend. Okay. Do you know what the name of that episode was? Oh Jesus! Uh, co-op mode you, you, lives. You will never get it. You will never get it. I said the Laverne and Shirley of video game podcasts. <laughs> Jesus! Hey, people, guess who names the episodes? Insider Baseball. It's always freaking Todd. And this I old never, guy never know what he's going to do. This old guy. Pokemon Murder Mysteries I, was the last one because I, I post the YouTube videos and Todd always posts the podcast first. So I copy his show notes and every single time I'm like, what kind of smoke (laughs) did the guy just, I don't even like (sighs) you're, you're a treasure. My friend, I used to put custom music on the end of secret friends unite every episode. I stopped doing that because it kept, they kept on getting taken down. So <laughs> I said, screw that. We're just going generic. I remember but, yeah. some of those songs, man. They, you, you, yeah, you, you had some, some fantastic. <sighs> I think that took as stuff. much, it took as long to find those as it did to edit. <laughs> it's like, I need to, mm-hmm. what am I getting to come up with? So, oh, well, um, who was our first guest, Mark? It's a two-parter. Who, when was our first guest on and who was our first guest? Oh, shit. Okay. Like what episode was our first guest? Mm-hmm. I don't know if we 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 were considering having guests on at one point. Hmm. Yeah. So I'm get like. Hmm. But I also don't think we went like a full year 
without a guess. So I'm going to say, was it our first guess was Lee, wasn't it? Was our first ding, guess ding, Lee? ding, ding, ding. Yeah. It was Lee. Absolutely. Episode. See, I want to say episode 20, but I don't think we waited that long to have a guest. Your face is, is telling t- me I'm right. Is it price is right guessing? <laughs> you have to be under <laughs> you get credit for it. <laughs> yep. I think 20 is over because I don't think we waited that long. So I want like I'm gonna say episode 16. I'm not even gonna give myself a range. I'm saying episode 16. Just because good number it's my birth that's my birth date date right 16 right. one of my favorite numbers um episode 18 very close mark 18 ah shit yes. okay very close very close all right okay last question how many guests have we had over the course of 100 episodes man we really picked up the guests so if 18 is our first guest So that instantly puts us like, I know we didn't. So let's say, I want to say, and there's been a lot like in the summers and stuff where I'm like, I don't know when we can record and that kind of thing. So I'm saying like, I want to say like 60, 60 guests somewhere around there. Maybe I'm probably overshooting it. Is that your final answer? Oh, wait. Okay, hold on. No, 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 wait. Okay. Is this different guests? Because we've had some repeat offenders. It is just number of guests because I did not. I was too lazy to <laughs> delineate between unique okay, appearances. Okay. So like yeah, total guests. Yeah, I'm still. We don't have a lot. Re- we don't have a lot of repeats, which I think, you know, as we get to through, okay. I mean, there'll be people right. want to bring back on. Yeah. yeah. All right. It's got to be fallen somewhere between just based on number of episodes and like almost 20 episodes without a guest. It's got to be between 50 and 60. I think that's fair. I'm going to go on the high end and say 60. Say your final answer. Yeah. Okay. Okay, Mark. The answer is 52. Okay. All right. So, yeah, you're right. We did pick it up. We go in spurts where we have like five in a row and then nobody, which is kind of nice too. So, Yeah. 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 For the special night, okay. Mark, I just wanted us, the two of us, you know, let the, you know, get away from the kids, go out, you know, and have a nice night and see what happens later. Of course. Of course. Oh man. Yeah. It's 52. So then start an episode hundred. We'll look for the new 52. The new 52. That worked at DC, right? That's still going on. Yeah. <laughs> Highly successful. <laughs> Yes. Yes. Well, very, very good. So um, that's kind of just like a recap on, on co-op mode. And we'll see. We've Our bonus round is about kind of like what happens next. Because, um, you know, you, you're here for what's new and exciting, not for, you know, the old reminiscing for the whole episode. So we're going to get into, you know, we do a podcast about video games. Might as well talk about what we've been playing. So, Mark. Well, before we kick it off, I have to once again thank Manscaped for sponsoring this episode. And... Uh, like I said, uh, Secret Friends Unite, the whole network, not only the episode, is brought to you by Manscaped right now. And uh, they are the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Their products are precision-engineered for your your family jewels, for, for the, the downstairs area 
there. Uh, Manscaped's performance package uh, is the ultimate man's hygiene bundle. Uh, join over 6 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped uh, with an exclusive offer. We have 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code SFU at manscaped.com. If my math is correct on this one, that's somewhere close to 12 million balls. I think you can trust Manscaped to deliver. Uh, Manscaped, as you may have seen from the video, sent us all uh, a welcome package to to kind of uh, uh, thank us, you know, for being part of the Manscaped family and 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 kind of welcome us on board for this sponsorship. Um, it's it's been pretty it's been pretty great. I don't know, Todd. We haven't really we've talked a little bit behind the scenes, but we haven't really like spoken on the show. So this is kind of the first show kicking things off with this Manscaped partnership. Um, I'm just going to start us off and say like. I've been super impressed with everything and I used everything. I wore the underwear yesterday. They were great. Uh, so I'm going to say like they, they sent us the performance package 4.0 and like game changer. Uh, so inside the package, we'll go quick. Uh, the, the lawnmower 4.0, that's like the main trimmer kind of thing. But we also have the weed, weed whacker ear and nose hair trimmer, uh, crop preserver, um, deodorant, <laughs> uh, crop reviver toner, just a little spritz to keep things uh, fresh tight and uh, <laughs> nice. Yep. Yep. Nice and tight. Um, again. And then the two special gifts that we got were, uh, were the boxer briefs and a travel bag to hold everything like a shaving kit bag kind of thing. Um, like a sack. Really, really nice. It's a sack. <laughs> they sent us a nice sack. Um, and, and they sent us some, some t-shirts too, which uh, were awesome. I was wearing mine on the weekend. Um, so trimmer 4.0, I want to, I want to touch on this one. I have been, uh, we, any, anyone who's groomed, you know, you, you, you've probably had a, a little mishap um, without getting too graphic. Uh, and that's, that's never fun. That is this, you know, especially in sensitive areas, but like, I mean, you, you've, you've nicked your, your cheek, your neck, your chin, whatever. And it's, it's even worse when it's, when it's down below. Um, for me, <laughs> I've, I've heard about manscaped. I've, I've researched, I was on the fence about ordering all this stuff already. And just the, the sponsorship kind of came through and that, that's awesome. But, um, I was scared to use the, the lawnmower. I'm not going to lie. I was nervous. I got my wife to shave my back first and use it like an actual lawnmower. Cause I'm just, <laughs> I'm one full moon away from being an Ewok. All right. To, let's, let's be honest there. Um, so I'm a, I'm a hairy son of a gun. And I was like, you know what? I am, I want to test this on my back before I test it on my sack. Uh, and it, it worked. And I was I, like, it was the best that like she commented on it. I was like, this is awesome. It was just easy done and just no nicks, no hangups, no nothing. Just like, let's go ready to go. And that kind of gave me the confidence to finish the job. I'll say that much. And uh, I'm super impressed, man. I'm, I'm loving it. How's uh, how's your been? Has your manscaped experience been going so? Far? Uh, I was able to try it top to bottom, Mark. Because as if you've ever seen my noggin, yep. 
my melon, my cabeza. Um, I have used a trimmer for years to shave my head. I don't go, I mean, I go down, I remove the guard. So I was able to try it at the lowest level on my head. It's nice because it has a nice little uh, flashlight. So you can actually yeah. see what you're doing. Because when, you know, you get some shadows and things and you got to make sure you know the territory. Um, it's really nice, sharp. Very smooth, very quick and easy. Um, it could get um, you can do trimming around the ears, all those things you need to do. Did my shoulders, back as much as I could do. I had no no help. You know, I need longer hands. So, Manscaped, please invite invent a handle to do the whole back if you're by yourself, so, and you could do back to crack stick. maybe. So, <laughs> <laughs> selfie stick for the lawnmower. There you go, Manscaped. Yeah. We're giving you that one for free. Uh, that's that's the next idea. Absolutely. Yeah. It's like those, those, uh, where you have the, 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 the saw on the, uh, stick to trim the, the, uh, limbs. Yeah. 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 Use one there of those a few weeks ago. Exactly. There. Yeah. yeah. And then I did my bits and pieces. Um, yeah, the guards are there. So you pick your, your length. Don't go guardless is all I will say. Do. Yep. Don't go guardless. Do go with a guard very quick and easy. And then using all of the, uh, accoutrement to, um, Freshen yourself up is nice. So, yep. yeah, I, I can't say enough about it. The nose trimmer worked on that. The ears. Gentlemen, Man. take care of your nose and your ear holes because mm-hmm. nothing's worse when you're talking to a girl and you just got a forest coming out of there. It's not attractive. Pay attention to your holes. Yeah. Uh, that's, so that's something I wanted to say is like the, the, the weed whacker is probably going to be my most used thing in this. I love it. I've had other like nose and ear hair. Again, I'm a hairy dude. It just, you know, like, so that's like a, every couple of days occurrences. I just want to like trim up and just clean up like what's going on. And, uh, so I think like I am going to probably wear out that little weed whacker. It is, but it's, it's awesome. Like it's phenomenal. Like it works so well. There's no like Nick snags, tugs, anything like that, that I've had with other, uh, like nose and ear trimmer products. So like, not only is, is like the, you know, the, the, the lawnmower good, but like the weed whacker is like, that's, I think that's undervalued or underappreciated maybe compared to the lawnmower. But like, for me, I think that one's going to get the most constant use. Whereas like the, the lawnmower is like, obviously it's good, but like, I think, yeah, I think the weed whacker is just like almost like every couple of days. It's yeah. just going to just keep it in the drawer, whip it out when you're doing your, you know, brushing your teeth and take care of business and, and look sharp. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, one thing I was say that they, they're waterproof. So like, it was kind of nice. Like you said, you have the light and my shower. Not a hundred percent water, waterproof mark. People are going to take into <laughs> the ocean and trim themselves and dispute us. So not a hundred percent waterproof folks. Don't come at us, but it's, it's yeah. So they're, I mean, they're waterproof. Um, they're good. Like you said, with the light, it's, it's kind of nice to, to use like my shower's not super well lit in the shower, but it was kind of like, you know, you can see what's going on. Um, yeah, man, I, I love this stuff. And I was like, I mentioned to you and Charlie, I was kind of scared again to use like the deodorant stuff and whatever. Cause you know, like you, in the past, you freshly trim things up or shave or whatever. And then like you put something on or get nothing designed for that previously is all I'll say. Well, other products, not a good idea. Don't put your brute by Fabergé on there, please. And, and I've like, you know, like 
you have other things like even a lotion on your hands or something and you touch something and it's just like, Oh, that's not meant for a sensitive area. That's kind of burny. And uh, so I mentioned to you guys, I was like, yeah, this is a weekend product. I'm going to test this on the weekend. Cause I don't want to like go to work and be like, Hmm, something's burning downstairs. Uh, but it was delightful. So I, I can't say enough great stuff about Manscaped, man. I'm, I'm super impressed. Like honestly, super impressed. I tried to do some videos. It's, it's tough because you're <laughs> in the bathroom doing things because I was just going to do my show before and after I shaved my head. Uh, folks, we do not have an OnlyFans page, so you will only get to see uh, above the neckline. Uh, so let's just keep it there. It's, it's been requested a couple of times, but we do not uh, have that. So uh, again, a couple of points. These ceramic blades, they're, they're, they prevent nicks and tugs and snags and all that kind of stuff uh, for both the Weed Whacker and the lawnmower. And um, like, if you need anything more than that, like that, I don't even know what to tell you. Like this is for me, I'm, I'm loving this stuff, man. This is, this is that travel bag is going to come in handy because I'm not going anywhere without this stuff. Um, I'm a fan instantly. Absolutely. Thank you again, Manscaped. Once again, get 20% off and free shipping with the code SFU at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code SFU. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. Uh, Henry, if you're listening, you've been aged two years, so hopefully you enjoyed that, my young friend. So, Mark, now we get, instead of playing the grooming game, we're going to play some video games. So, Mark, we both played a game. You were enticed. I had to try it because FOMO. Marvel Snap. Yeah. Uh, I don't usually like card games. I have said this on the show many times. But I think I came across the reason I don't like many or the reason that maybe I'm sticking with this one, which is weird to say, but I have been playing a ton of Marvel Snap. Uh, I think obviously the, the, the Marvel characters kind of like bring something there for me, but um, I think it's for the most part, like when the game is like an action game or uh, an action RPG or some kind of story based game that they then throw in a card mechanic in the combat. Um, I find that slows down games and I lose interest because I'm like, I'm pressing a to pick a card, but why can't I press a to punch this guy in the face? And that's why I'm still not super hyped for midnight suns. Cause I know I'm going to want to play as like Wolverine or someone and just press a to slam my, Wolverine you didn't have your slash card mark. Right. <laughs> why does Wolverine run out of a card? Like I, you know, I just, it, something about it, it just doesn't work for me. But when it's just purely a card game like this one, where there's some strategy, you have to think about like, oh, where do I think he's going to place this one? Or my, where do my, where's my opponent going to go next? Or what are they going to do? And it's quick matches. They're over in a couple of minutes. So you can just kind of pick up your phone, play a quick Marvel snap match, and then back out of it. Um, for me, there's something about it that's working it's a quick kind of little engagement loop that for some reason I haven't hated yet. So Marvel snap, man, I'm, I, 
I'm surprised as anyone that I like this. So Todd, how are you feeling about it? Um, they do some really cool things. I've played many different card games. None of them have stuck. I dabbled in Magic the Gathering. wasn't for me. Uh, Hearthstone played a little bit of that. I like the aesthetics, the animations, things like that. Didn't stick around with it. Um, Gwent was a game that was within Witcher, to your point, Mark. It was mm-hmm. like a card game within there that anytime I actually had to do it, I said, yep. nope, I will avoid yep. those side quests because yep. collect cards for Gwent. I don't want to do that. Nope, not for me. So this game... I think is a great entry because once again, great license. Um, the barrier entry is very low. Each game is three minutes or less. So each hand, I guess you'd say, and they do some unique things with it. Where essentially instead of just one hand, essentially have three hands because you have different lands and then you play your cards on each one. Each land is revealed separately. So the first one will be like, you get this thing. If you play here, uh, the next one will reveal itself on the next hand, and then so on and so forth. So there's always some strategy in where you play, um, and it's concurrent with the other player. So um, they don't always see your cards, though. They're revealed, and then uh, attacks happen. And um, the other thing, it has fully voiced card you know, quips and things like that. Um, very cool animations within the cards. Um, and also has a battle pass, which is free. And that's one of the mechanics to get you to keep playing, right? To the, the first battle pass is free. Oh, it is. Oh, okay. That one. Apparently, you can see There's how far I got. Pass. So, so I I finished that first intro battle pass, mm-hmm. and now they want fourteen dollars for me for the symbiote battle pass. Ah, uh, okay. Which is going to last another couple of weeks. Got it. So, okay. Unlike. A Fortnite battle pass, and that's that's my main problem with this game so far is I haven't purchased the battle pass because, unlike a Fortnite battle pass that lasts for like three or four months and costs ten bucks or mm-hmm. whatever, this one is seemingly lasting for like six weeks or less, and is costing you fourteen or whatever Canadian, but like it's, you know, like it it's it seems like it's gonna get expensive quickly. If you want to buy into the battle pass and, and I, so far I haven't been hung up. I haven't been losing a ton of matches or anything by not buying the battle pass. I've seen some people drop venom or carnage or whatever uh, carnage and, and like miles and stuff in the, like in their decks. And I don't have those cards cause I don't have the battle pass, but like it's never hung me up. Yeah, it's, 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 it's really just uh, where they get you, not get you, but their, their monetization is the battle pass, like you said, and then basically customizing uh, the artwork of your cards. There's no like play to pay to win unless, like you said, you just want to get more cards. Um, there's no way you can. I mean, if you're a good player, you play well because it's strategy and then you just have to play. You can always retreat, which is a, a good play mm. as well. You don't have to commit all the way through like I'm dying, but you, there's a penalty for that. And then there's also another mechanic called snapping, which I don't know if you've done it yet, Mark, where right. essentially if you're feeling really good about what you're doing, you can snap. So the game is named after that Thanos is snap that essentially increases the risk reward the wager and it's kind of a dual-edged sword because someone can then retreat if you do that because they don't want to get snapped and you don't get what you get i mean so it's i think it's once again there's lots of things here and there's and there's lots of different every card has a cool aesthetic that it doesn't take a paragraph to read it which is nice too like and they're um sometimes they're contextual 
depending on where you do, where you're at, the impact in the world and what they do. And uh, the other, I didn't think about this. Every round you get like a point or energy to play based on, you know, just the first round you get one. So if you have a card that's worth one, you can play that or you can wait. Um, so essentially, I don't think there's a benefit, Mark. I didn't try this of not playing a card. If you had one to no, play, there's not. Uh, and so, so that's why like deck balancing comes into play. So there's yeah. that kind of like meta game too, of like, you could just kind of go in and just do whatever, but there's, because your deck is, is kind of randomized. There are some times that if you have kind of a powerful deck without too many Oof. good, like one card, lower cards, two cards yeah. like these lower cards, then you're losing those first few moves. And I've had some random times where like my lower energy cards show up on the Mm -hmm. bottom end. So I've lost like two steps, right? And you don't get any energy back. You don't, there's no benefit. Like you said that, yeah, like someone's been able to play two cards and I'm just sitting there like, ah, shit, come on, Wolverine. Like (laughs) it's, it's, uh, yeah, there's a lot of strategy to it. A lot of like, thinking before you even get into a match mm-hmm. of like am i gonna have one six power card and like really stack those like one and two power cards because you know on the fifth turn you have five you know energy points to spend so you could spend that on one very powerful yeah. card or like devil dinosaur or something like that who i love to play especially when you combine it with moon girl because devil dinosaur ah, that's right yep Power is based yep. on the amount of cards in mm. your hand, and Moon oh, okay. Girl levels the amount of cards in your hand. Wow. Great combination. Nice. Um, but so, you know, Devil Dinosaur, you could play that, or you could play like five one power cards. So if there's a bonus for having more cards in one place, or, uh, you know, some of the cards have like stacking ongoing powers or something like that, uh, like Ant Man, if there's four cards in one location, Ant-Man gets more powerful. Um, So there's a lot of that kind of strategy too about like, you know, how do you want to stack your deck? Really? It's, it's, it's cool. Yeah. And cards have their own unique personalities too. Like Agatha Harkness, she will, uh, I haven't gotten her yet, but I I was seeing how she was used. She will play cards for you. (laughs) That's what she does. So, um, and um, you can then the, the, you get enough points, you can then upgrade your cards. And it's kind of the first round is like, what is it, unframed? Unframed, yeah. Can so they break the frame. Break the frame, yeah. Where so they come out of the frame. And then they yeah. come out of the frame, yeah. That's yeah. It. And then you can get unique variants of the cards. Like I've got a wacky Ant-Man or wacky, wacky Hawkeye. I've got a weird-looking Hulk. Um, yeah. Then you can get like it's apparently like – Young uh, kid variations and stuff. It's yeah, great. like uh, – like hollow foil or something like that. So yeah, you can really have fun with your design. So it's really, um, there's, there's no reason not to play this game. If you're curious, you like Marvel. It's, I think it's a great game for kids to play and learn card mechanics and stuff. Like but for me, it was the exact opposite mark. I need something else to do rather than just play cards. And I fell off pretty quick. I'm like, yep, I get it. It feels more like busy work to me. So it, if you like cards though, everybody here that like loved Hearthstone and things like that, this will be your jam and it's the, it's the rage. So, and if you've never played a card game for it, it's a great place to start. Yeah. If you're like me and you hate most card games, give this, give this one a try. I ran out of my jumping said Mario. Cause I ran out of jump cards. Yes, <laughs> exactly. All right, moving on. So, Mark, you got some games I have not heard of. 
Yeah, so I got uh, I, I went after a few codes this week, which I haven't done in a little while. So I, I decided to kind of chase some stuff down. So the first one I got was a game called Pinball Wizard. This one comes from Frosty Pop. So thank you for uh, for for letting me try this one, uh, Frosty Pop. I, I really appreciate it, and uh, and our friends over at uh, at Terminals. Um, that that they uh, they helped me with this uh, with this code. So this game has been out for Apple Arcade uh, already. So I, I had played this game before, but I really wondered how it was going to play on Switch. Uh, so this is out for Switch right now, and uh, it's basically a pinball dungeon crawler rogue light kind of game, which sounds wacky but holy crap, does it work? Um, so you basically like you just play until you die. And when you die, you get all your skill, uh, your, your skill levels, your loot. Um, and you kind of can spend that on more powers and that kind of helps you keep going through the dungeons. Um, it's, it's great. I love pinball anyway. So letting me fight monsters in a pinball game with a wizard that I can kind of level up is, uh, is fantastic. I love it. <laughs> so, um, the, the game is relatively short to finish the, I'll say like campaign story mode, but there's also like a dungeon mode that you can, or like a challenge mode that you can play once a day. There's a dungeon mode that you can kind of go through and get high scores and that kind of stuff. And there's like leaderboards and global leaderboards and all that kind of fun stuff to keep you turning back. But I finished like the main kind of challenge campaign in probably about three hours or so. Uh, keeping in mind, that I did play this game before, but on switch, I, uh, I, my total play time by the time I finished like close credits on the final boss kind of thing was, um, yeah, it was somewhere around three hours. Nice. Mm-hmm. And um, it's yeah. about what Apple arcade, uh, as well. So it's there. So they, they don't care where you play. Right. So, um, they just want you to play the game. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And it, I mean, the game's cheap. It's like eight, 99, 9.99, something like that regularly. And that's Canadian. So it's, it's like pretty, a pretty fair priced game for like for that amount of time. And again, tons of replayability um, because yeah, like it, you just to keep going in the challenge modes. It's like when you die, you're done and that's your score. So you're going to want to keep going back where in the story mode, if you want to, you can pick up from where you died or like at least the level you died. So if okay. you die at like level 13, you can start again at level 13. Or if you want more experience and loot, you can start back at level one and try to beat through it again. So I sure. found those runs a little bit better for me. Oh, okay. Because when I started at like, like again, if I died at like level 15 or something and then started at level 15, like sure you get your experience and power-ups, but like I liked being more powerful and running through those earlier stages mm, okay. because by the time I died again, if I died at level 16, the next time, well, I got 16, you know, 15 stages worth of power-ups instead of one, right? Mm-hmm. Like that was kind of how I approached it, but like, I love this game and it's, it's really, really good. Nice. Um, yeah, I can, I can kind of keep going if you want, we'll yeah. want to trade back and forth. No, go, go ahead. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the next one is a game that I've been watching for quite a while. Um, the Entropy Center. Have you heard of this one? Not at all. I'm curious. I'm going to look at the screen as you tell me about it. It is really, really cool. 
It is uh, coming out for Windows, PS4, PS5, Xbox One, Xbox Series X right now. Um, by the time you listen to this, I am officially allowed to speak about it. So by the, you know, as we're recording right now, uh, you won't be seeing reviews and stuff up, but, uh, by, by Wednesday, you're going to be seeing some stuff come out for this game. So this is, um, a time-based puzzle, first person puzzle kind of game. Uh, you, I don't want to give away too much from the story because it's a really, really cool story. Basically you wake up and you're in this entropy center, this, uh, this center that I'll, uh, the only thing I'll tell you because it's, it's in like the, the previews and stuff. So if you watch a trailer for this, um, you're on the moon and you eventually kind of like you wake up, you don't know where you are, or who you are, and you kind of see your computer and that opens the door and you just kind of wander through and you find some stuff, but like, there's nobody else around and you finally find a window and you see some, some not great stuff is happening to earth but you find a gun that's an entropy gun that can kind of rewind time. Mm. So you start to play around with that and the gun has an AI and it very much reminds me, it's, it's giving me some big portal vibes of like yeah. that level of puzzle solving, which is the best compliment I can tell you about this game. Um, honestly, if you're hearing that and you're a big, like you're a big uh, portal fan, like just go. <laughs> like just, just it's, the, it's the gravity gun in Half-Life, it, which then begot uh, Portal. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So, um, but your 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 gun has an AI that talks to you in in kind of like fun little uh, Portal esque kind of quips sometimes, but basically tells you like you there, there's a bigger version of the gun you can potentially save Earth. You have to build up entropy energy by solving puzzles. Let's go do that. And uh, I am not going to say anything more about the story. I will talk about some of the puzzles in a non-spoilery fashion. Um, but I'm hoping that the people that are listening to this that love Portal and those kind of puzzle games are just gone already. Uh, the, the, the puzzles, they start off as any good puzzle game should pretty easy move this thing over here. And the, the, the gun has those kind of capabilities, right? You can pick things up, you can move things around, you can do that kind of stuff. You can drop them or, or throw it over here or whatever. Um, but the, the time rewind is where it is. So like you have to, you know, it has to hold this switch and then you go through the door and then you shoot it and it goes back in time to the, the other switch that you already walked it over. Mm. And you can see the timeline, right? So when it's it's going to go, you can see your walking path of where you walk this thing. So then you know where it's going to rewind. Um, and then it drops on the other hat and that opens the next door to move on to the next part of the stage. But there are some that it's like, you have to hold it and then go up and then jump back down and hold something else. So you're kind of rewinding and swapping between like two different puzzle elements. And it is like my wife watched me play it and she doesn't watch me play a ton of games, but she was into it because of just how creative some of the puzzles were. Like it's, it's really, really good if you like those kind of puzzle games, but like, it's a thinker. It's going to get you frustrated for a minute at different points. You're going to have to just, it's one of those games that you're going to have to like sit down and walk away and your brain will solve the puzzle. Mm -hmm. And then you'll come back and be like, yeah, I can solve this now. It's, it's that type of game. Uh, and, and with a cool sci-fi kind of 
uh, earth ending story. And there's, there's hilarious bits as well of the like nice. one guy. Uh, you, so you find like computer terminals, you can read like emails and stuff. And there's like one very enthusiastic guy that's like trying to invent sports that use entropy and like soccer where one team's going in reverse time and one team's going in normal time. And he's like working out all the stuff. And then you see his, like the HR department, like messaging the manager and being like, okay, um, Tim has to slow down and stop emailing us. And, uh, this is not a toy. This is like, it's just like that (laughs) real level of stuff. Yeah. Um, so like world building, all that kind of, like it is, I, I am absolutely in love with this game. I'm so, so happy. Um, again, that, that place deck was, was uh, cool enough to send one of these codes. Um, so yeah, really, really cool. There's a demo on steam folks. So check it out there. If you want to just see what it's all about. Um, I'm just looking on the Steam page. They were having showing somebody's doing that playthrough right now on Steam, so I was watching a little bit of that. Uh, just not, I was listening to you, of course, Mark, but I was just seeing kind of what was going on in the background, and very much reminds me of, like you said, Portal, Half Life, those type of things. Um, yeah. So that's good company to be in. Yeah, yeah. For for a game, for me to say a game is Portal esque, uh, I don't think because it's been a while since Portal came out, so I don't think I've talked about it on this show. Uh, how much I love Portal. Um, holy crap, I love Portal. Uh, I love... You're going to hate me, Mark. Especially, um, no, no. I, I never I, finished I, Portal 2. I need to finally do it. Yes. Yes, you do. But Portal 1 was like, oh man. Such Loved a, it. Such so good. Such Great song. One of the best songs in video games of all time. Absolutely. Hands down. And this is giving me big Portal vibes. That's the nice. best compliment I can pay for this game. Is, nice. is big portal vibes. It's it's fantastic. Uh, and the last one, talking to uh, our friends at, at Ubisoft Canada today, and and they sent a uh, a Mario Rabbit Spark of Hope code. Oh, very um, nice. Literally just got it today, though. So I played maybe the first forty five minutes to an hour of this. So this is a very early opening kind of mm-hmm. first impression. And it seems like the magic is there the second time. I absolutely loved the first game. I bought it for several people once it started to go on sale just to be like, this game's amazing. Here you go. Uh, because I loved it so much. And uh, and this one seems to have that same kind of magic, the, the same kind of charm. Um, there's new mechanics. They ease you into it and just kind of hit the ground running. Uh, my only hiccup with the game so far is the some of the, the rabid characters have kind of voices and I kind of prefer them kind of. (laughs) I can only imagine. And it's, it's not like it's fully voice acted. They'll just say something like, you know, Oh no. But like, that's coming from like rabid. It's like giving a minion a voice. Right. Right. But it's, it's giving the minion like a deep voice or like a voice that I'm not sure if it really super fits it for me. But again, it's not going to stop me from playing the game sure. at all. Um, but it was just kind of it was kind of jarring because they didn't talk in the first one, not to my recollection anyway. And uh, I kind of prefer them, like I said, to be kind of like minion esque or like other rabbits that just kind of like grunt and make weird noises. But Finn watched me play this the whole time. That whole intro opening kind of thing. Um, right away, there's some like really really cool action bits and cutscenes and, and different things that are throwing you into the world. And then you just kind of hit the ground running and the strategy hits uh, again. And it's, it's like riding a bike. Um, I haven't really played 
a game like this since the first game. Yeah. And it's instantly like I'm going through and I'm like, okay, I'm seeing the bombs. I got to pick Luigi for this one. Cause he's got some range. Let's do this and let's get some like, you know, go cover over here. Okay. This new mechanic plays into this way. Okay. I can use my special. So when the bomb gets close, I can knock it out before it comes. You know, it's like, it's that kind of strategy, man. It's, it's amazing. I can't wait to put a couple more weeks into it and come back on the next episode and tell you a little bit more, but for right now, spark of hope is, uh, is sparking some hope that this game is going to be just as magical as the first one. Nice. Yeah. Nintendo's got quite the lineup as we get to the fall. Um, yeah, I mean, so very good. Thank you, Ubisoft. Keeping yeah. Mark happy. That's very important on this podcast. Keep Mark happy. Absolutely. They said it was a kind of an early birthday present. So I appreciate that one. Oh, very nice. Yeah. yeah. I'm sure they're sending me a, like a, a stuffed rabid. Uh, and Mark, I'm probably the dumbest person in the world. I didn't realize it's like rabies, like rabid. <laughs> right. Yeah. They're, they're a little, they might be a little off. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, rabbits, because I thought rabbit. And it's like, they've been out forever, and I finally put that together. The the humor is there. The first, literally the first thing to teach you how to move around in the world is you have to find rabid Mario's pants, because he lost his pants. And they're of course either in a tree or in some bushes. Go find them. And uh, that's the literally the first thing you do in the game is like, Peach is like, dude, there's a naked rabbit in that bush. Just go help him, please. <laughs> it's like instantly starts with the humor. So like Finn was just like, this is amazing. This so, is my level stuff. of humor, dad. Yeah. Yes. Good stuff. I lose my pants too, dad. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, very good. Uh, very quickly. Uh, it's, it's been spooky time for the month of October been pl- watching a lot more things than playing but i wanted to get in the mood so i said you know what i'm gonna play something spooky that game is inscription inscription is kind of a really cool game but i almost gave up playing it then i did the rare thing which watched a little bit of a playthrough and i'm like mm-hmm. oh i'm gonna stop watching this because this has now got me really wanting to go back to it so inscription is i think it's I remember the, the developer, I think it was Devolver, published this game. And it's essentially one of those games where it breaks the fourth wall and does things with the experience that really subverts your perspective of what can and cannot happen in a game. So essentially opens up, it's a card game. You're playing against this evil figure. You don't see his eye. You don't see his, his body. You see his eyes. It's very beady. And essentially, you're trapped there. You feel like you're almost in a limbo, but he's going... You have to play cards against them. And the cards are unique because they're very simple. Like you get a rabbit or a squirrel or, uh, you know, just your various animals to fight this guy. And and you're not really sure why you're doing it, but you're going to find out more. Well, it plays with, like I said, your, your, your perceptions of what can and cannot happen. So one of the things you have to do is you have to sacrifice cards to play cards and literally sacrifice cards, Mark. Like you've put down two squirrel cards. They're worth one. You stab them, <laughs> and then it allows you to play a one card or a two card. And one of your cards you get is called a stoat, which apparently is like a little otter or something like that. Mm-hmm. And he's talking to you. Like, your card is actually talking to you. Like, oh, don't don't kill me. Or, hey, I don't mind that you're going to kill me because maybe you'll bring me back later. It's got, like, really interactive dialogue with your cards, which I'm like, very odd. Did not expect that at all. And you're learning to play the game. 
and it introduces very weird concepts like, oh, well, you'll, you'll get bonus rounds if you beat him. You'll get bonus rounds to go through it. Um, and one of the things you can do, uh, you're basically just trying to get hit points against him, and it's got like a little balance of your hit points, their hit points. It looks like a very, the art style is almost like 8-bit, but um, like a PC 8-bit era, but it okay. plays with some really unique art styles and concepts. Um, and one of the things is if you want to cause damage, you can pull out one of, and, and the hit points are teeth. So essentially you're, you're using teeth. You can pull out one of your own teeth and then use it as damage. I'm like, what? I don't want to give too many spoilers away, but there are things in this game you do not expect to happen. This is where I'm saying this is a game where the card mechanics are the main battle points, but it's part of the adventure, and it's the way they interact with you that I don't feel in the way I was watching a character play. I'm like, you don't have to get really good at it, and that's what I think is great. It doesn't punish you. You don't, It's really more of the journey and the adventure, and... I just think it's very, very clever. And the puzzles, and when this one, there's a puzzle involved, um, I will give one spoiler. I didn't realize this, but there's a point where you can actually step away from the table and you can explore. And it's just very creepy, too. The elements of it is in the way they build, and I don't know where it's going, but like once again, I, I said, oh, I'm not really enjoying the cards. And I'm like, if this is just going to get really hard and difficult, it's not something I'm like, I'm really passionate about playing cards, that I'm like, I'm going to get really good at this. It seems like getting good at the cards is not really the point of the game. So I'm like, okay, I'm in. I like the narrative. I like the fact that it's using cards to carry it forward, give you some sense of a game, but there are other elements that really make me excited. So it's called Inscription. Um, I think it's only on PC. might be on Switch. It's not on uh, other consoles yet, though. It makes sense on Switch because it's not very demanding, and it would seem like it would be a, a good game to play there. Yeah, it's. it's uh, I'm just looking at some screenshots and stuff. It's really, really cool looking. Yeah, it's it definitely, and it's like 13 bucks, I think, on sale most of the time. So definitely well worth your money. It's it's worth checking out. I don't think there are any demos for it because I think that's part of the thing. They want you to just come in and just get into the game. So check out Inscription. So it's, it's, very, it's, very cool. uh, it's out for um, for computers right now because it is uh, on Mac as well. Uh, but it's also coming to, to PlayStation 4 and 5. No Switch port announced yet. Okay, I guess, and it's weird. It uses keyboard controls, which I thought was the weirdest thing. Like, you have to hit the S key to step away from the, like, to go towards the cards and back. I'm like, well, this is kind of odd. I thought we'd just use mouse controls. Very mm. odd thing, but yeah, yeah. So I think it would. It, it's not demanding game, so it, it, there's no reason it shouldn't be on Switch. And playing with the controller might seem a little weird. I don't know, but yeah. I think it's well worth checking out, especially if you like a spooky environment, not sure what you're going to get into. So Inscription is definitely a game to check out. Um, another game I played, Peg T- Plague Tale uh, uh, Requiem. Uh, mm-hmm. This is the sequel to a game that surprised a lot of folks, and it was really about a, um, a sister protecting her brother in the French countryside. There is a plague of rats, and she's trying to save her brother. Uh, essentially, they're part of royalty, and... Uh, the, the crown is being overran, so she's escaping with her brother. Her brother is special, and you find out why he's special throughout the game. It's really a stealth game more so than anything else with some mechanics, uh, limited combat mechanics, but not much. Um, 
I liked the first game, didn't really play too far into it. And I'm like, well, I'll check the second game. Second game is very similar, I would say. It's if you didn't like the first game, I don't think you'll like the second one, but they upped the ante. I think it's a much more um I, I think they got a lot of love and 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 the sales help them fund the game and make even a more impressive um, experience. But once again, I'm not seeing anything else that really puts it over the top of the other game yet. Um, but I'm definitely going to play more. But it's that same experience that I think uh, if you're in it for the story and you don't mind stealth, if you're not into stealth at all, I think you'll be like, eh, I, I, I don't like this. But um, I think it's a cool game. This is The first game was about her kind of overcoming some of her obstacles, and now she's really embracing her um, confidence. And so you get mm-hmm. to see that with the character, kind of just separating out of her shell. Um, and it's, it's a building to something more. I'm not sure what their plan is with the series, but this is done very well, and it's on Game Pass. So I think that's a big thing, and it's really, I think it's Xbox's, biggest game that's on game pass this fall yeah i think so maybe high in life no it's is that one high in life is that the game that's as the talking guns from uh the oh, ricky morty creators yeah. Yeah. yeah that should be a blast so yeah check out plague tale requiem um i think it's it's well worth um checking out especially for, like a good narrative because it's definitely high quality and they don't mm-hmm. speak french so you don't have to worry about that <laughs> maybe there's subtitles yeah. where you can w- read in english and they they speak in french maybe that that's something right. you can do um yeah. And then lastly, I uh, talked about Nintendo having a big fall. Uh, one of their big games that's out now is Bayonetta 3. We talked about it because of everything but about the game. It was more about the controversy around it. But now I'm playing the game. And Mark, I don't know if Nintendo's ever had a game that sells tell, that it's basically grabbing you by the short and curlies. What this <laughs> game does, uh, dropping F-bombs, it's over the top. This is like Tomb Raider crossed over with Power Rangers. That's the best way I can describe it because it makes no sense. It's over the top Japanese with really weird voice acting. I mean, uh, the, 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 the voice actress who's been replaced, I don't really notice a big difference in the voice. So, but the, the person, the people they brought back are just so weird. One guy's called Rodan. He's like the coolest guy in the world. He's got a deep voice like this black guy with weird tattoos. He, your first time you see him, he's running a pizza truck that has penguins on the side and he's wearing like a penguin hat. So it's like this really gruff dude who looks just like he's running a food truck. It's very weird. Very, very weird. And then you've got the, the the Joe Pesci, Danny DeVito character who they keep bringing back for mm-hmm. for no reason. He's over the top, <laughs> goofy, sometimes a little sketchy uh, <laughs> as he's getting a little too close and comfortable for the females. But this game is all about the cheesecake factor, killing big monsters. Um, you know, it's got bullet time and one time you'll be turning into a dragon. One time you'll turn into like a butterfly lady. It's, I don't know why. And it's just it's like, she shows up on the ship and she's there to investigate something. And she's dressed in jeans and a sweater. She pulls a tablecloth off the table, spins it around. Now she's wearing the tablecloth dress. Why not? And then, yeah, it just, and then of course her hair, is like her clothing. And so when she transforms, of course, it's like Sailor Moon, except they're more than willing to show you the curvature of her body and all these things. And there's actually a mode mark called naive angel mode, where it limits (laughs) the, the, the sex appeal, the language and, and violence. Oh, that's fantastic. So I bought this game. So I contributed to Nintendo coffers um, just because 
who would ever thought Nintendo would be making these games or, or at least publishing them? Yeah, that's that's the big thing. I haven't picked this one up yet. I'm, I'm definitely going to at some point because I have with all the Bayonetta games. But um, just hearing that it's still just as over the top as ever is, is very encouraging. And like they have like 20 minutes almost of cutscenes. So these voice actors are <laughs> making their money. <laughs> They're earning their uh, They are earning their money in regardless of the fact that this really deserves a story as much as they're showing cuz I'm like really? Okay. Yeah, let's set it. it's Tomb Raider crossed over with Power Rangers and you won't be disappointed. Amazing. There we go. All right, Mark. We've gamed We've celebrated our past. Now we have to look to the future of where we'll be in the next 100 episodes. So, Mark, I can't do math. So we said by the episode 200, where would it be? I thought it would be 2025. And Mark said, no, Todd. Siri told me 100 weeks will get us to? Uh, two, 200 weeks. Because it's 200 100 weeks. episodes. That's true. Bi-weekly. Bi-weekly. So 200 weeks, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's September... Early September 2026 is, is uh, the approximate date. I can't remember the exact date that Siri told me, but anyway, we'll go September 2026. Yes. So is before it? we get started, we put this in the Discord, and we did have a comment. And I think it's it's very true. It's probably close to you as well. Um, and, and that is... Um, Brennan Myers, the winter gamer, said, my prediction is by episode 200, my daughter will be able to play some games. That's very true. I mean, she is uh, like six months old, I think, right now. So then that will put her at um, essentially about five and a half. Yeah. Or five. Uh, Can't do my math. Yeah. (laughs) And Finn will Um, be, you know, he'll be going on six plus. Yeah. 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 So, well, another... What is it? Three years or no, four years, four years. Yeah. Four years from now. Yeah. So he'll be six, um, four years from now. Yeah. Six, six years old. Wow. That's crazy. Uh, so he'll be, yeah, he'll be playing games. I mean, he's already interested. Like I said, he was watching, uh, you know, Mario plus rabbits. He's been playing the, the Paw Patrol games, like playing the uh, assisted mode in Paw Patrol, uh, racing and that kind of stuff. Um, so yeah, he'll be he'll be ready to go. We'll be giving 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 him a little switch light or something like that. Uh, it's super exciting. It's amazing. Yeah, and my son will be twenty. <laughs> Holy cow! <laughs> Holy cow! It's crazy. See where we're at, That's folks. Wild. Different age yeah. group here, but yeah, and you know, it's it's kind of fun to see your kids grow up and what they're going to be playing. And I mean, that leads us into kind of like what will they be playing and what will we be playing and you know what will be the the news and where the world of gaming takes us in four years because that's typically. Mm-hmm a console cycle and you know, we're looking forward and and I think all the major platforms will be at a, or approaching a console cycle update. Yeah. I, I think the new consoles will still be low, but minimum. I'm, I'm thinking like a year away, but maybe more. I'm, I'm thinking that this generation might, might possibly be a long one just based on thanks to cloud gaming really. So I think like we'll see some new variations of this console generation of like, you know, they're slimming down the Xbox series S and they're doing an Xbox series 
Zed or something, or that that's you know like the more powerful, almost like the the Xbox One X was or the PS4 mm-hmm. Pro. Like we'll see those kind of like beefed up variations, but I think we'll also see some like slimmed down cloud variations or some more push to that cloud gaming kind of thing that um you know i still don't know if it'll be dominant but i think cloud will at least tie into some games uh you know like almost like the promise we got from the last crackdown of like cloud computing can help make the games like a little bit better you know what i mean so like the almost like a gpu boost with with the cloud or something like that like i think yeah that technology might be figured out a little yeah i don't know if you've seen uh that technology geforce now essentially uh it's really cool because essentially it's it's tried to do what stadia did but it did it in a way where it made a lot of sense um where essentially it's your games wherever you buy them uh on steam or or they they support a lot of different uh stores but um, if you own it, you don't need to actually have a piece, strong PC to play it. And there's a version that's free. So like the, the, the baseline level, you can play for an hour. It plays it at like essentially 10, you know, 30, 1080p uh, on any device you want, which is really cool. Um, that logistic Logitech G unit that just came out mm-hmm. supports it. Um, it supports on mobile thing and people love it. And you can you go up all the way to a, a RTX 3080 platform which is $20 a month. And that gives you essentially almost, it gives you 4k 60, which nobody does at this point. So I'm like, and that's pretty impressive. I tried it and played um, cyberpunk with it and it's great. And I I did it the free version. So if you think about that right now, I don't, I don't really have functioning gaming laptop and it's great. So I I think all these things with cloud are going to happen. And to your point, Mark, I think that's going to put us in an interesting position to say, are we going to get the leaps of technology going forward? If there's people that the cloud is good enough, is there a big enough audience that will still want to play for dedicated hardware that would say you're there? And and I think we're already seeing that with the series S where it's kind of, they're already saying it's kind of holding back everybody else because it kind of was, it's, it's, has less RAM, has less GPU speed. So um, it's, it's interesting because we're at that point. Are we going to see the the mid generation cycles, or will this this generation of hardware get us through? Don't know. Yeah, yeah, it's it's going to be an interesting one to see kind of where they go and and what happens, especially yeah with that news with the Series S holding stuff back right now. So you think another you know twenty twenty six? You're thinking like yeah, yeah, is the Series S going to live or again is cloud gaming going to be where that bumps up and is xbox going to kind of dial back their necessity of building it for both platforms you know that's uh, yeah. it's interesting stuff i do think at that point we will have like a switch too what what um, the switch will eventually get upgraded mark how does that happen I think so well i think it's going to be a spec boost from the oled I don't think it's going to be a massive design change or anything, but I think we could, we could probably see like a, a switch to like a proper switch to not just like a shinier screen. Um, I think we're going to get a spec boost switch by, I hope we're going to get a spec boost switch by 2026. Like, um, you know, I, I think that's kind of inevitable, inevitable. Yeah, I think they're at the point where they've partnered with um, NVIDIA. Um, and NVIDIA, they're doing some really unique things with um, 
their their hardware of course they've been using um their their um i'm, I'm trying to remember the the what is it the x1 mobile chip that they've been using which was an older chip they brought forward it was affordable um it, it'll be curious what they can and, and i think some of the technology is more like software based that works with the mm-hmm. hardware which is dlss and dlss3 that's supported in the new nvidia 40 series essentially doubles almost the performance by AI uh, working with what's shown on screen, making the hardware work less. Yeah. So that would benefit the switch a lot is saying, what can we do to like use our tricks to really optimize performance? Because as of right now, the switch is essentially eh, 360 PS3, maybe, you know, baseline PS4, Xbox one. Um, and, you know, I, I assume there'll be something else because we see phones that can do significantly fantastic things that are more powerful than the Switch. Of course, they're more expensive, but I think with mobile and with the Steam Deck, I think the Steam Deck said for 400 bucks and you can run all these modern games at not the highest settings, but good enough. Um, yeah. I think that's showing Nintendo. It's like, hey, somebody else is doing some cool stuff. Maybe we could learn from them. But Nintendo rarely will say, oh, yes, we are applauding you for your efforts and we're going to benchmark those. So yeah, yeah, no, I, I, I think we'll still see Nintendo just doing their own thing, but I, th- I think the technology you said is like, that's pretty much, I, I, I can picture where they're going. Do you think they're done with like innovation and with controls or um, do you think it's just going to be a better switch? Uh, will there be a change to, the way we, because I know with the, when the first switch was was going to be rumored, they were like, "There's going to be like, uh, uh, like touch everything was going to be touch the actual face of the controls that you would have was going to be touch and optimized." Um, do you think we're done there? Or do you feel like it, there's not enough to be gained by like weird gimmicks? I Nintendo's always going to Nintendo, but I think we can look at Switch like their handhelds, which are just basically iterated on like you could really go back and say, yeah, okay. Like the, the DS was well, even, let's even start at the DS. Let's forget the game boy line and start at the DS, the original DS. And then you go like DS light and DS XL and then three DS. And that kind of like, I think this is going to be more maybe of a three DS jump rather than like, a DSI or something like that. Like, I think, you know, we could see that, but like form factor wise, it still played all the same games, all that kind of stuff. Like the 3DS was just kind of that evolution, but it still had that weird gimmicky 3D screen kind of thing with AR. Nintendo has to Nintendo, right? Yeah. And AR stuff. Nintendo, I, I would never put it past Nintendo to do something crazy in AR. And that's actually like my next prediction for what we'll see in, in 2026 is AR is still going to be pretty new and expensive, but like gamers are watching the space. Is Nintendo going to be the first to really break it? Maybe like we see Xbox right now just coming out and saying cloud gaming is going to go on quest. Uh, I think that test will be successful by 2026. I think we'll see like AR uh, headsets that are still going to be pretty expensive. I think by that time, uh, we'll probably see the first of those maybe next year or the year after. So like two, three years in, I think they're still going to be pretty expensive headsets. Like to be able to like put on a pair of glasses and like see a giant screen, 
but you can still see the world around you unlike VR. But I think we'll still, we'll see that kind of stuff. And yeah, maybe it is the next switch that has a camera on it that you can hold up like your Pokemon go kind of thing and do some kind of gimmick that way. hundred percent. That could be it. But I think we'll see like VR, AR, that kind of reality based kind of stuff. I think even Microsoft, like if, cloud gaming works out on quest like we could see vr games on game pass and that's their their vr competition with playstation vr i think playstation vr 2 is going to be you know i don't know if it'll be dominant because i don't know if you can catch up to quest at this point but like i think it's going to be a player i hope it's going to be a player because i think the vr space is pretty um, interesting um and I think because of that meta or Facebook or whatever you want to call them, I think they're going to be a real player in gaming. They just bought several studios and I think they're going to continue to buy studios. And I wouldn't be surprised if their VF, VR efforts in gaming start to kind of bleed out and they start publishing console games too. Uh, you know, they, we've seen console games like resident evil or whatever, end up in VR. Why not a VR game ending up on console? It's a possibility, and I think Meta is looking for any kind of revenue stream to, you know, uh, fund the rest of their stuff. We saw a price hike with Quest Two mm-hmm. and um, the Quest Pros out at a pretty high price point, but you know, getting pretty decent reviews. Okay, like okay reviews right mm-hmm. now. Uh, but every review I've seen says like, look at where the Quest Two launched. And it's so much better now. Here's where the Quest Pro is launching. It's going to be so much better in a couple of years. So wait and see. Um, so I think, uh, like, I think there's some some cool stuff in that AR VR space, and Nintendo could bring that to the mass market. They've done it before. Mark, I'm going to jump on your prediction uh, okay. about AR VR, but I'm going to say this: I expect Facebook because essentially they've put so much to VR and it hasn't paid out, their stock is way down. I think there's going to be very little patience for Facebook. The revenue just declines with ads and things like that. I think there's going to be, uh, there's going to run out of patience to say, this needs to be a full revenue stream in the next three years, or we are done, because you cannot keep, I mean, Facebook has lost, sig- I mean, the most money ever, I think, of any company in a year. Uh, and I expect that Oculus will actually be spun off and we'll find out it'll be treated as an independent company, no longer tied to the metaverse and things like that, because I think they're going to find the adoption to get that into corporate America, uh, the pushback and the, and, the, and the number of people that will do it is just there's just not that tipping point to say we're going to get 50 percent of corporate America. I it just I there's just too much pushback. People don't know where it extended time being in a meeting. Uh, I, I think there's just I think it could be good for creators but are there enough creators to make this a business where you do it? So I think it could be spun off. And I think this is where Xbox could play. And same thing with Quest Link. Um, you get more powerful games launching with a, with a that wireless connection. Could I connect it with Xbox Series X? It's essentially Windows computer. You could play all of your games with better resolution. And they can do VR modes for Xbox games. Tying that so you can get the wireless and using the power of PCs, PlayStation's not doing it um, because they don't have a power. They don't have a, a power backpack because that's one way that the Quest can you can really sing because it doesn't. It's not powerful enough, but you leverage the power of a box that's right there. Um, that's right. super cheap. I like it. 
Yeah. I think that's the way to go. And then Xbox is like, somebody else did the work. We can iterate on it because we make hardware all the time. We have HoloLens that we try to do. Um, and then we can just basically say, well, um, I'm assuming we can make the software work. And then we can have our dev teams, because now they've got like 33 dev teams, like Sony does, make a VR mode. Like the, uh, what was it, the X-Wing game with Rogue Squadron. Um, was that Rogue Squadron that had the VR mode? Rogue Squadron was full yeah. VR. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, make a red uh, Crimson Skies that's VR supported with that. And it becomes an, and once again, it's not the focus, but it can be something you can add on if you already own this as a standalone. Bring it to your Xbox and it's better on Xbox, right? Yep. I and that's what I meant when I said like we'll we'll see VR games yep. in like for, for me, I was thinking just Game Pass, but like, yeah, you're spot on. Like they could actually just have like, yeah, full, full kind of experience, like yeah. plugged in experiences. I was thinking like, they can do plugged in or they can just do wireless with Wi-Fi 5 or 6 or whatever because that's what yeah. uh, Wi-Fi Link or Oculus Link does now wirelessly, yeah. AirLink. And it's a great experience. I use virtual Windows or virtual uh, desktop from Windows, and it's a wonderful experience. I was playing Half-Life Alex with my Quest, which is right. not supposed to even be able to do. because that, yeah. So great experience. Sure. That's so. a brilliant idea, man. I hope. I hope I hope you're right. Well, if 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 Windows wants to just come in late and then pick up the corpse of Oculus, take it off their hands and say you've already established you got fans, it's got a, a baseline of games. It's an easy purchase and gets them into VR uh, burgeoning space where they didn't have to be the first adopters. They have to invest in that, and then you know people are into VR, uh, and then they can iterate later and use maybe Holland's technology and go AR VR. So yeah. We, uh, I mean, we, we, we're seeing a big Microsoft partnership right now. So that's like, they, they're getting to know it inside and out. Mm -hmm. Like the whole full office suite is on quest pro, uh, we, like I said, game pass coming to, to the quest two line and, and quest pro of course, as well. Um, Microsoft teams meeting in, in quite like there's the Microsoft and Facebook are, are getting very close. So yeah, full buyout or investment or something. Man, that's that's a really really good call. Um, so any other predictions? No, that was it, it for me. Okay. okay. So I think there's going to be a shakeup with Sony. I I really think you see a company that, um, if they want to stay big like PlayStation, I think Sony holds them back because Sony is so reliant on PlayStation to make a profit. Um, they're very limited. It would be like if Xbox were relying on, 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 or Microsoft was relying on Xbox to be the thing, they'd be hesitant to take risk with Xbox. Right now they're taking a lot of risk with Xbox because they're like, we've got uh, teams and we've got cloud servers. That makes our money. We don't rely on Xbox. It's going to grow and we're going to be patient with it. Where I think with PlayStation kind of see right now, they're floundering a lot of different areas. Marketing, their games are great, but we see the writing on the wall where... Um, where things are going. And I don't think Sony's in a good spot because yeah. they, they don't have a lose 2 million subscribers from PlayStation plus. Yes, because they are the, one of the worst marketing companies in the world. They don't describe the value of what PlayStation plus is. They add in all these weird tiers where they're not showing real value. Um, compared to game pass, they're still not there because you're not getting, you're getting first party games eventually, but we don't know when, um, and the value and a lot of the things they're doing is streaming and they don't have the best streaming capabilities yet for like a lot of those PS3 games. So it's a weird mix. And then pair that with PlayStation. Now they've got a huge install base because of PlayStation 5, 4. PlayStation 4 is going to eventually go away. And then PlayStation 5, 
is not the leader right now. I mean, Xbox and PlayStation are right there with the Series X and X. And then if you say Game Pass gets you in the door and you can do cloud gaming and then they're just in VR, I don't think is enough for PlayStation to be a differentiator, especially if it costs $500 and it's a limited install base. Um, yeah. it's, it's just, I think they're going to struggle. So I could definitely see them being rife for takeover um, mm. or a merger or something by another company. And I, I kind of look at it this way. Who wants to really develop content in other markets and do different things? I think it's Apple. I think Apple wants to do something different and have, I mean, if they bought Sony right now, they would get music, movies, and games. And they wouldn't have to lift a finger to have all of this content, a library deep and wide creators for Apple TV plus, you know, Shit, and it right. wouldn't cost that much because Sony's market cap is not that big comparative. I mean, they're like $90 billion. Apple's probably worth $3 trillion. Um, yeah. wow. And if that's, if Apple wants to grow and have content that people come for um, with their yeah. services, you know, like uh, what is it, Apple one or whatever, I yeah. think that could be a, because Sony compared to like Nintendo, Sony's in PlayStation specifically is becoming more of an American company. Uh, their headquarters are in the U.S., so I think that becomes an easier solve, and it gets Apple something they've kind of lacked, which is content. They have services, yeah. great devices, but they lack that. And I don't, and I don't think Apple really cares about putting a box there, and because their hardware is strong enough. I mean, you know, they could have a Apple TV plus 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 or whatever we're going to call it. It's essentially got the apple hardware silicone for like 400 bucks and it's essentially a digital box that plays all of sony think of all those properties yeah wow. i don't know yeah, that's yeah that's that's uh i mean they're one of the few companies that have a very good reason to do it uh and and could do it with with change they find in their couches i'm sure uh, at apple like the the only other real player might be like amazon or something like if they yeah, want because we don't want google to do it because then <laughs> they will yeah. dump it like uh you know we're very passionate about this phil harrison comes back and says yes um until six months from now yeah i could you're making a lot of sense i mean and then mark then you have to play playstation games <laughs> yeah, <laughs> an easy sell for you um but i think there's there's some synergies there that i think could really complement each other I, you know i i don't know if it's ever going to happen but I, I just think sony the way they're at now i think we see the momentum of them decline and mm. and they can be successful like a nintendo i just don't know if they want to be the size of a nintendo or if they want to be like the size of like something bigger i just don't know if they can get there because they just do not have um the scope and scale of a Microsoft to take them on with their backbone, their, their, their networking and all that stuff that's needed for call it game point 3.0 or whatever we're calling. So I think that's what we're going to see one, a big shakeup with one of the platforms. Like we have always have Sega went away. Um, you know, Sony could too. Um, but I wow. hope they don't. Yeah, no, I mean, I, even if they were bought, I would hope that it'd be like beats yeah. You know, if Apple did buy them, you know, you can still go out and buy a pair of Beats headphones or you can go out and buy some AirPods. It's not like you'd have to buy an Apple TV and a controller and you can't buy a PlayStation 5 anymore, right? Like I, I would hope that it would be a, a 
partnership that yes, Apple gets the content, they get finally a music publishing thing instead of just having Apple music. Um, you know, the Apple music has a few exclusive, like there's an Arkell's like EP mm-hmm. thing uh, on there that they just dropped. But um, yeah, that's, that's, um, that's really, really cool. And they already have a gaming service, then, Apple Arcade. Yeah. Everything kind of works. Uh, yeah. Really well yeah. there. Yeah. And, and I think the good thing would be, once again, PlayStation success wouldn't be reliant on being the biggest driver of revenue. They could be well-funded, focus when they do, don't, don't get greedy, be have a great value proposition for their fans, and think of how many Apple users you have as an install base now that has access to one of the best libraries in games. It, it just makes too much sense, but I could be wrong. I like it. You're making a lot of sense to me anyway. I want to hear what people think. Let us know in the Discord. Yeah, other than that, I mean, I think, yeah, I mean, it'll be curious to see where Nintendo goes. Um, And I think we're going to see video games as properties truly take off. I think we're over that obstacle of all video game movies suck, all TV. I think we're going to be in that golden age where we saw comic book movies really take off. And I think Nintendo is going to see, I mean, we I we assume that the Mario movie is the first of many to come, and they build maybe a universe, and we get the connected characters. I don't know if you heard the Nintendo Drive episode. Also, fantastic little little aside: the the new cast of Nintendo Drive, the new uh, car pool uh, crew in Nintendo Drive is, is fantastic. Um, but the Seth was going through. Mario fan fiction and lore and all that kind of stuff uh, a week or so ago or two, whatever it was um, fantastic. And has this like whole cinematic universe of how this is going to set up the donkey Kong movie and how this movie is going to start. And it's going to spin off to this and this, we could get a captain toad and we could get like, it just, if you haven't listened to that episode, go listen. It's a great show with, with Sean and those guys, but uh, man, awesome, awesome stuff. But like, I'm excited for that movie. And I think you're right on. Like, I think this is going to be, we've already had detective Pikachu and Sonic. And that's like our X-Men Spider-Man kind of thing. Like mm-hmm. they're starting Phase to get one. It right. And then that's, you know, and then the, I, I think the Mario movie is going to come in with like, this is the MCU. This is, and I'm not saying like, it's going to be a whole bunch of interconnected movies. Eh, it could be, but like, that like it's it's mainstream it's big it's ready to go like we've we've gotten some good stuff that set the groundwork of like video game movies can be good and now we're gonna see like that pay off and blow up i hope i hope 100 and i mean and not just cartoons and stuff like we're, we're seeing like the last of us is coming out in mm-hmm. a month yeah uh it's coming like is that january it's coming soon uh to hbo max so we're getting good value like real creative show by real showrunners uh you know we're getting they just showed the first scenes or first footage of or screenshot of there's a fallout series coming out which yeah the opportunities for fallout just because it's you know i don't know if anybody knows the iconic fallout characters besides you know the 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 fallout shelter boy is that his name fallout boy Uh, Pip, pip boy Pit Boy, there you go. Fault Boy is a band. <laughs> uh, but then there's going to. It was funny, and I have a Pit Boy bobblehead. He's uh, playing with it. He's like, oh, in the living room right now. 
Yeah, I mean, but we've got a Bioshock movie coming out, and even like the the animated adaptations, the Castlevania series on Netflix is amazing. It's really good, very adult, yeah. but that's okay. And then I love The Witcher, which is a video game and a TV series and all this stuff. So yeah, it's a book series. William Hemsworth. Oh, I know it's so weird, so weird. <laughs> I feel bad because we want Henry Cavill to be successful, but he's going to have you know competing. I can be Superman or I can be Garrett. Well, I've been Garrett well, for the, three seasons. Yeah. yeah. Did, did you see the? The report of like the slight spoilers for Black Adam, but the the cameo that he did for for mm-hmm. that, um, he said that like he had to get permission to do that, and it was like really tough to get it. He had to kind of go like high up in the chain to get like one day because they were filming The Witcher, and it was like, and that's like for a cam like a yeah very short kind of like so you imagine like if superman's back and he's superman and they have all these plans and whatever for for the dceu and uh you know james gunn and what's his name um shoot the anyway the, the new ceos of, oh yeah of, peter saffron DC, yeah the, the, the real. um you know like i'm, I'm sure they're going to be pushing it all like you know superman stuff to go through and whatever but um yeah you can't you can't be on a an intensive series that takes a good chunk of your time to film and still be Superman. So if, if it was tough to schedule filming a small cameo, you have to imagine that it's, it's incredibly tough to be like, well, I'm going to be Superman in three movies this year. You think we can film a season of the Witcher on a weekend? Yeah, exactly. Let's fit everybody. Put your schedule on hold for me. This guy. Yeah. 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 Which is tough. Um, but yeah, that's, uh, we have, they just announced the the next what silent Hill. There's a sequel to that movie coming out because we have the series. They still haven't done a good resident evil game movie. We're waiting. So waiting for that folks, (laughs) but yeah, I mean, and then halo came out. It did some good things. It did some weird things. Um, and I, I still think that's once again, more adaptations will show that there's value, especially as those who grew up with gaming are now older and those who are, were playing video games are now making movies and TV. So I think it's a perfect marriage of where we're going to go forward there. Um, yeah. And then other than that, um, that's really hard because in four years isn't really enough to have like innovations, but I think we're going to finally see, um, Unreal Engine 5 is going to show us the power of this hardware and generation. And we're going to mm-hmm. see games that, like, just like when Gears of War erupted, we're like, we've never seen games that look like that. We're going to say the same things on this generation because these, this generation of hardware is still using old engines that really, once again, the leap we're waiting for is when those engines deliver and we're going to see some fantastic things because like the next Witcher's game is going to be on Unreal Engine. Uh, I believe almost all the new Xbox games, I mean, they have some custom engines, but they're going to be on Unreal Engine 5. Uh, very f- rarely will you see a custom engine anymore because it's hard. Halo learned that. Uh, Cyberpunk learned that. They have custom engines. Use the what's there and use your talent for there. So I'm very excited for the future of games and what those engines will bring. And once again, Switch is going to, and maybe we'll have a new player in the marketplace, um, which is very exciting. I mean, I don't know, Amazon Luna, uh, we had Stadia die, um, and that's just in the last two years. So I'm curious. I'm very excited. It's going to be cool. And I, like that could be where we're going with the AR stuff. Like, I mean, you could have a controller that's connected to your AR and that's your console, right? And that's your your portable screen, but it's anywhere from a tiny portable screen in front of you or close to you to a friggin' hundred foot screen in front of you. Like, you know, it's, it's, um, 
that's where AR is going to be really cool. It's like, you're just like, you are wearing glasses right now. And in a few years, uh, that could be showing you a text message while we're talking, or you could be just freaking playing a game. Who knows? Yeah, there was, I think it was, uh, somebody had the tech mark. I don't know if you remember it was maybe Xbox. It was almost like a projector around your room, which was representative of the game world. So essentially it was a way oh, to right. actually expand the world outside of just your screen to incorporate the way it looked. I think it was Microsoft. That was, that was part of like the hollow lens. Yeah. It was like demo, weird it? full like room tech, tech or something. Kind of, uh, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. I think that the, the next few years tech wise are going to be pretty interesting. Yeah, we've been held back because of just certain things. And I think we're now we're at the tipping point where the tech can do a lot of stuff and we just need the tools to really leverage it. So, um, yeah, I remember doing the first Oculus Rift headset at a General Mills event, and it was pretty not great, but still highly impressive. And now, well, I just need a bigger room. There you go. <laughs> so it run into anything. <laughs> That's what we need. Bigger houses for our VR. Yes. Very, very good. Well, I hope everyone enjoyed us on this journey uh, to episode 100. It's been great to look back and obviously look forward. Uh, we've had so many cool things. We've got so many cool things to look forward to. Hopefully next episode we'll have a surprise and where we're going next uh, in the world of co-op mode. So we cannot wait to share that with you on the next episode. So with that, Mark, let's get out of here and let these fine folks get some sleep. Yes. All right. Uh, well, before that, I'm going to tell you where you can find me is that's on Xbox and switch as Canardian and on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and everywhere else as the underscore Canardian. And of course I already mentioned a couple of times, but please join our discord and, uh, join, be, be part of the, the awesome conversations that go on in there every single day. Um, and, and once again, just thanks for, for sponsoring us, Manscaped. It's uh, we, we appreciate it. And, uh, I, again, like they sent us those products so we could give an honest review and there's like no notes other than like, give your experience. And, uh, and man, I, I'm impressed. Uh, our honesty is a little bit, it's a little bit of humility too. <laughs> Probably. Yeah. We reveal a lot about ourselves to you folks. So <laughs> you're along for the ride. You're our family. We appreciate yeah. our, our, our discord family, all the folks around the line and everybody who joined us as a guest on this show and has given us a question or something to be part of this show. So you can follow me at T Oxtra on Twitter, talking about video games, just having a good time, all the things I'm doing in the world of nerd. So with that, Mark, Thank you once again, buddy. I couldn't think of a better person to share this journey with. It's been a pleasure. Absolutely. Remember, it's always better to game together.
This podcast is part of the Secret Friends Unite podcasting network. Visit secretfriendsunite.com for more great shows, articles, news, reviews, and more. Secret Friends Unite podcasts are available on Apple, Google, Spotify, and other podcast services around the world. If you'd like to be part of the conversation, you can join us on Facebook or our new Discord server, or follow at Secret Friends U on Twitter. Please subscribe to Secret Friends Unite on YouTube and visit our merch store at tpublic.com. Just search Secret Friends Unite. Thanks for listening.